0: Amen. Again, glad that you're here. I want to encourage you every single week to, to invite somebody to join you, be thinking about it, not just, not just to hear this and have an echo in your head, but to, to invite somebody to join you every single week for our, for our Thursday men's lunch. Glad you're here uh, th- this afternoon. Uh, last night I got home and, and got home and turned on the news, it was about a little bit after 10 o'clock, and I, I was watching the evening news there and came across, they were interviewing the woman that is one of the authors, one of the main authors of the bill that just passed in New York to remove any term restrictions uh, on abortion. And so really there's no, there's no time frame uh, short of being born that, that a person could have an abortion. And so they were interviewing her, they were talking to her, and the question was put to her, and listen to this, the, the interviewer said, the labor process has started, uh, the mother has dilated, Uh, The contractions are now taking place. Would this law allow for the abortion of that baby? And that was the question that was put to her. And she said this, well, it would be between the woman and her doctor. And that's that's their cry. Well, it's between the woman and her doctor. And the interviewer was very smart. He said, you know, that wasn't the question. The question was, is the provision of this law that it would allow the abortion of this baby? The, The process of birth is now started is the provision of this law that this abortion would now be permissible? And the lady sat there for a second and you could tell it made her uncomfortable and she said, yes. And I watched that and I really just think, how? How how in the world? How in the world Uh, Have we gotten to that place? How in the world are we at that point? uh, You know, when the law passed last week, people actually cheered a law that would allow such a thing. How in the world, how in the world did we ever find ourselves in our nation in such a place? Men, be sure today, really it is just a symptom of what is going on in our homes, what is going on in our nation, what is going on in our lives as men, and really, it's just a symptom. It's just another symptom, just one symptom of what is going on in our world today. And that is this: here's the answer to that question. We have abandoned the word of God today. How in the world do we get to a place that that would be celebrated? That would be permissive, permit, permitted, but it would also be celebrated? It is because of this: we have abandoned the word of God today. You know what's going on in our homes? The same thing. You know what's going on in our churches, in our nation, all all across our land? The truth is these are just symptoms of what's going on when we've abandoned the Word of God. Two weeks ago, we started a new men's lunch series that's entitled The Bible Driven Man. And we're going to look at, we're going to spend about six months, and we're going to look at what God has said about some different issues or some different subjects that we face as men. And I'm excited about it. I think it's a very relevant thing, a very timely thing to see what what God has said about certain subjects in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And we started that two weeks ago. Well, from the title, you can see our starting place must be the Bible. In fact, that's the truth. Our starting place is going to be the Bible. And so before we move into these subjects, before we look at these issues we're answering the question, we started it last week, we're answering the question, well, why the Bible? Why this source? Why not use another source? Why not use this source and maybe an additional source? Why not go and see what the experts say? Listen, the, the experts have written volumes on what it means to be a man. Why not go and see what the experts say? Why not see what the culture teaches? Surely you could, you could look at our culture and see what a man truly is. Why go to this one source? Why go to the Bible as our source? Well, the answer from last week is this. Why do we go to the Bible as our source? It is because it is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. And if we as men wanna know what it is to be a man, we should go then to the creator of men and we go and we hear him from his word. We go to the word of God. Listen, the Bible is the word of God. Last week we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. A very interesting, very pointed verse. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is inspired by God. Now, we went back to the original language and you see some very important truths in the original language. All is the, is the Greek word "pos." It means the entirety of. So all of scripture, all of it, it actually means all. Scripture is the Greek word for script, for written word. And so put together script becomes scriptures, the written word. And so all the entirety of the scriptures, the written words, and it says all scripture is inspired by God. Now that that inspired by God translates is God breathed. Now what that means is Scripture is breathed out of God. It comes out of God, and so the Word of God, the Bible, comes from God. It originates with God, and so just like our breath originates in us and comes out of us, the Word of God originates with God and comes forth from God. Very clearly, these are the words of God. These, Our Bible, these are the words of God. This is the speech of God. The Bible is the word of God. And so again, if our goal is to be led by God, as men to be directed by God, and to somehow hear from God, we must go to our Bibles, the word of God. Now when I say that, I imagine you've heard that so much and I said it so much last week and I've said it so much already this week. And really, I say it all the time anyway. When you hear that, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. Surely you sit there and start thinking, you know what? Okay, we've got it. Man, man you're, you're, you're going crazy on that point. We understand the Bible is the word of God. We get it. The Bible is the word of God. Well, let me say this. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. You see, I think if we really truly believed that this was the word of God, we'd read it. I think if we really tr- believe this is the word of God, we, we would seek it out. You know what, I, I've got some things going on in my life. I don't need to go to an expert. I don't need to listen to somebody else. I need to go see what God has said in his word. I honestly believe this. If we truly believe this is the word of God, we would be consumed with it. Now, here's the problem in the church today. The problem is this, we, we have been trained to say this is the word of God and we will fight for the word of God and we will point to the word of God. We've been trained to say this is the word of God but the truth is this, we're not really that sure and because we're not, we turn our ears to the words of men. Isn't that what's happened in our world? When I say this is the word of God, but you know what? I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know if it's gonna hold up. I don't know if it's relevant today and so we turn our ears to the words of mankind. Let me give you an example. And I, I could have picked 10. In fact, I wrote a notepad and I had about 10 examples. Let me pick one example that's very, very prevalent, uh, visible for us today, and that is this, racism. Let me talk to you about racism. And I, I'll just be very honest with you. Today, we, we have learned to dress it up and we've learned to act one way but I believe we are as divided on race as any previous time in our nation's history. Well, aren't we we 40 years, 50 years past that? Aren't we 100 years past that now? Listen, I believe we're as divided on race As any time in our nation's history. Now, if you don't believe me, you watch the news and see how it plays out. See the politics today and how it plays out. They're set against them, and there is hatred brewing, this race against that race. And and there is gross hatred, observable, measurable, in our culture today. Now, you sit here today and say, Now, why is that? Man, I don't know how many sermons we've heard on love, I don't know how many people talked about just getting along. I don't have people say, you know what, the the greatest thing is to to put these differences beside us. We've heard all this. Why is that the truth? Here's the truth. Let me me just tell you. The world says, and some of you might be getting ready to disagree, but the world says, and for some time now our schools are teaching evolution as a law. Now, I went to school not that long ago in in the, the greatest decade of the 80s, And they used to call evolution a theory. Remember when there was the theory of evolution? The theory, we're going to talk about 1981, the theory of evolution. Now it is the law of evolution. Well, let me tell you what Charles Darwin says in the law of evolution. Charles Darwin says that black people are less developed and are inferior than other people. Now this is what Charles Darwin says, and we're teaching this in our schools for 40 years. He says the highest black man on par with his intelligence is on par with that of an intelligent monkey. He says this. Now don't say, well, hey, look at that. He says the same or worse of women. He says the highest developed woman is reaching the par of a black man, a monkey. That's what he says of women. He says, and this is, this is the truth of evolution, that some folks have evolved Higher than other folks. Now, his, his idea is this, because he is one, that white man must be the peak of the evolutionary pyramid. What did you think the result was going to be? What did you think the result was going to be when you told a bunch of people, you know what? You're evolved higher than everyone else. What did you think the result would be when you told a bunch of other people, you know what? You can't help it. You haven't evolved as high as those people over there has. Let me tell you what God says, God says there is but one race, the human race. God says there is no distinction. In the New Testament, there is no distinction. God says all men are created in the image of a holy God. Why we got a problem with racism today? Let me just tell you. It's because somewhere we left the word of God. And so if this is the word of God, what does that truly mean? I'll just tell you, you know what? This is the word of God. This is the word of God. Our problems are we've left the word of God. So what does it mean that this is the word of God? I'm gonna go quickly and I'm gonna just point out some things. This is what it means that this is the word of God. First thing is this. This is the word of God and so it is trustworthy. It is trustworthy. You can trust The Word of God. Now, this is the biggest thing that's attacked against the Word of God. You can't trust that. You can't depend upon that. Surely, carbon 14, all these dating systems, surely, logical science has denied that. You can't trust the Word of God. Let me tell you this because it is God who spoke it, you can absolutely trust it. Well, what what, what about what it says about creation? What, What about what it says about these miracles? That doesn't make any sense, does it? What about what it says about a a literal, actual, historical, physical resurrection, a person that's dead and is alive again? You know what, that that couldn't happen. Maybe that's that's something we just need to learn from. Listen, our God is faithful. Our God is dependable. Our God is true. And so listen, his word is trustworthy. Man, we we ought to start saying that. My God is dependable. He is dependable. And I don't know who else you can depend upon, not many, but I'm going to tell you something. My God is dependable, and so the Word of God is dependable. If you have a friend, and we've all got three or four like this, maybe it's not you, but if you have a friend and he lies a little bit over here and he, he fudges a little bit over there, you know what, that's just him. We, he's a good old guy. We, we just know he's lying. He lies a little bit, he fudges, and that, that's just how it is. And hopefully that's not you, but you got a friend. No, he, he's, he's telling you a story and you're going, oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. He's a good guy, but his word's not dependable. But what if you crashed into him one day and you ran into him and you had to have his word and his word was going to be the answer for an issue of life and death? And you run into him, you know about, about 60% of what the guy says is not true anyway. And you're in a situation where what he's going to say is going to depend upon a situation that results in life and death. And he's going to tell you something and you're going to have to depend upon it for life and death. You know what, that's a good old guy. I'm not so sure I want to hear from him. The word of God is trustworthy because God is Trustworthy. And we need to iron that out. That's not separable. Well, I don't know about the Word of God. I know about my God, and so His Word is going to be trustworthy. Second thing is this. It is the Word of God, so it is holy. It is the Word of God, so it is holy. Now, the word holy translates set aside. We make it some crazy thing we can't understand. It just means different. Set aside. The Word of God is holy. One of the great hallmarks of our God, one of the great traits of our God is this. Our God is holy. He's not like us. His thoughts aren't like us, the Bible says. His ways are, are so far above us. Our God is a holy God. Talking of heaven in the book of Isaiah and the book of Revelation as well, it says that in heaven, there in the pristine glory of heaven, the angels are saying Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Our God is holy. And so this, his word, is also holy. This is not a book like other books. This this is not a book of, of the gatherings of the wisdom of man. This is not some book assembled in institutions of higher learning. This is the absolutely holy word of God. And as such, it ought to be revered. We've lost reverence for the word of God. We've left a place of honor that we used to have for the word of God. This word is the word of God because he is holy, his word is holy as well. There's a a push that's come along and and it's been the last maybe 10 or 20 years, it's grown the last five or so. And people come along and they say this to people that wanna uphold the word of God. They say, you know what, you revere the Bible too much. And people have actually told me that. You revere the Bible too much. You know what, you love the word of God more than the spirit that wrote the word of God. You revere the word of God too much. Let me just tell you this, that's absolute nonsense. We revere the word of God because we revere the God of the word. We revere the God of the Bible. And if they did, they would. That's what I believe. You know if you knew who God was and you revered him, you wouldn't discredit his word, you wouldn't slander his word, you would honor the word of God. We honor the word because we honor the God of the word. We revere our God. Third thing is this. It is the word of God, so it is eternal. It is the word of God, so it is eternal. Now our God, we know is eternal. Bible tells us he's revealed to us he has no beginning, he has no end. He creates all out of his mouth, but he is eternal. So understand this, because he is eternal, he is an eternal God, his word, his speech also is eternal. Now that that sounds like a hard thing to understand, but let me just break it down very, very simple for us to understand. what that means is this. The word of God, this Bible, doesn't have an expiration date. That's that's what that means. It doesn't, this, this Bible, the word of God doesn't run out. It's not just right for the ages past. Oh, they could understand it and they could, they could grab a hold of it in 1850 or, or 1700 or, or in 1955, they were people of the word of God. It's not just right for ages past, it's also right today. It does not change, it stands. It is eternal. The Bible says this, the grass withers and the flower falls off, the bloom fades. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Let me tell you this. We've got people, preachers even, acting like somehow this became out of date. You know, A preacher's job is to preach to proclaim the word of God, not adapt or change the word of God. We've got preachers today acting like somehow this became out of date. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. We've got entire denominations today trying to figure out what the Bible means in our day. There's whole denominations. There's one getting ready to take a vote on what does the Bible mean in our day. Let me tell you what the Bible means in our day. It means in our day what it meant in all days. The Word of God is eternal. Fourth thing is this. It is the Word of God, so it is powerful. I think we get all tied up in the other stuff. We might miss this one. It is the word of God, so it is powerful. Be sure our God is a powerful God. He is mighty. He is marvelous. Everything you see, he created that. Everything that still exists, he sustains all of that. He is over all of this. Our God is powerful. Our God is mighty. Then understand these, his words, this Bible, it is also powerful. It is not some meek little book of fables that we could set somewhere on a shelf to gather dust. Well, you know, the Bible says this, that's good for a seven, seven-year-old little kid. That's good for the women somewhere. Listen, this is not some meek little book. The word of God is powerful. Listen, the word of God is powerful. It has the power to break the most prideful man. It it has the power in the word of God to come and to change the most hard-hearted heart. I've seen it. It has the power to save the most vile of sinners. A person so far gone in their sin, they're without hope. Listen, the word of God tells them of salvation. The word of God is powerful. Word of God has great power. Now I could go on and on and you might know this, but I love this subject. I could go on and on, but let me me just bring you to this last point. Last point today. It is the Word of God, so it is enough. It is the Word of God, so it is sufficient. Listen and hear me very carefully here. Our God is enough. Our God is enough. He alone is God. He tells us that. Our God is absolutely enough. Understand this as well. This, His Word is also enough. Now, what that means practically is this. We're not looking for more. We're not looking for more than the word of God. That's that's our our new mindset. Well, the word of God says this, but, but also let me add this to it. Or let me take their logic and add this to it. Or let me take what the culture will approve and let me add this to it. We're not looking for more than the word of God. We're not taking away from it to somehow make it fit as the Jehovah's Witnesses are. We're not adding to it two more books at least to make it improved as the Mormons are. We're not out here today sitting somewhere staring up into the sun seeking a new word or a fresh word or a better word and the reason we're not is because we have the word. Friends, this is the word of God and it is sufficient. It is enough. I don't have to go 10 sources and narrow it down to the best. I go to the word of God. It is sufficient. Friends, this is the Word of God, and I I have grown in my love for this, His Word. I love the Word of God, but let me tell you the reason most of all. The reason I love it most of all is this, because it tells me of Jesus. It tells me of my Savior. It tells me of my hope. It tells me of my Redeemer. It tells me the story of how yet when I was a sinner and not one thing could I do to earn salvation, it tells me of Jesus Christ. The hope of nations that comes and dies in my place, it tells me of Jesus. It tells me they put him in a grave and he had paid the debt of my sin. He had taken the shame of my sin. He took it to the cross. He's dead in the grave. It tells me that on Easter Sunday he walked out alive. I love the word of God because it tells me he is not here. He has risen. Why do you look for the dead among the living. I love the word of God because it tells me of Jesus. I was working through this this morning and this song just kept sticking in my head. Tell me the story of Jesus. right on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Listen, praise God today. We have his word. Glad you're here. Let me ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful that you're holy and I'm thankful that you're powerful. I'm thankful that you're gracious to us as sinners. I'm thankful that you love us so much you send your only begotten son. I'm thankful for your word that reveals all of that. I pray that we would be men of your word. I pray we'd be shaped by it. I pray we'd be convicted by it. I pray that we would be led by it. And I pray the result is we would would stand for the truth of what you've said and our homes would start to look different and our marriages would start to look different and our kids would start to look different and our grandkids would start to look different, that our church would start to operate differently, that our culture would be impacted by men who uphold and live by the word of God. Most of all, Lord, we come and we tell you, we're thankful for your word because it tells us of Jesus, our hope and our Savior. I pray for us here, some that don't know you. I pray that in the hearing of just this, that they might turn and put their faith in Jesus. I pray for us here today that that claim the promise of eternal life through faith in Jesus. I pray that we would turn to your word, that we would grow in our desire to know your word, that we would lead our homes to be where it's taught, where it's read, we would memorize it, We we would speak it, We would live it. Let us be men of your word. God, forgive us where we've neglected it. Help us to turn to it. And in all of this, help all the glory to go to Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.